Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson, Early Motorcycle Tires Australia, and TCX Boots. Amy King, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Who's Amy King? Um, good question. Um, she's a motorcycling enthusiast. Absolutely loves it. Um, she's a wife. She's a mother. She's fearless. She's unapologetically herself. Um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. How's it being a mother and a motorcyclist? That's two big things. How is it? Super tough. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, kids was always something that I wanted. Um, and I didn't really think too much about the transition from having kids, um, pre-baby, having the baby and coming back. I think it really changes your mindset. Um, and I think for me, um, and just recently finding out this was, um, going from a race meeting without my son and then going to a race meeting with my son are two completely different things. It's a really hard concept to change from like racer to mum and back and forth. It's a pretty tough transition. Yeah, I reckon it would be. I reckon that just, um, yeah, like that time in between races, what, what, what do you do on a normal schedule that you've done for the past whatever years you've been racing to now the new schedule? in those other times. I guess that, that must be a big transition in itself. Nappies in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I must admit, you know, the days where he's not there, I, I miss him absolutely. You know, it's definitely not as exciting having him there and he loves being there. It's just, it is such a hard thing to kind of go from coming back and being a racer in the pit and then returning and doing the nappies and doing the bottles and making sure that he's okay yeah. to then switch a, you know, flick a switch and head back out and, and get back into race mode. It's definitely easier when he's not there for sure. Like Bathurst and prepping um, before the meeting and not having him there on the road trip, getting there not having to worry about anyone else but myself and race, it was definitely for me, um, it was a big eye opener to see the possibilities um, without him there of how much better the racing could be compared to what it is say at a Brisbane club day when you're running around and it's chaos. It's just, it's just a different kind. I mean, I do absolutely love both, but it's just a different kind. That's a really honest answer. Like, like, I love him to bits. Yeah, like, <laughs> to me, yeah, but, when he's old enough to listen to this, he's yeah. like, "Oh, mum didn't want me." Yeah, because <laughs> like that is a real honest answer, and and, and you know, yeah, that, I guess that's what it is, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm. Is that the longest? Because you're away for what five days at that point. Is that yeah. the longest time you've been away too? Yeah. Longest. So you got that sort of battle as well, I guess yeah. too. Yeah. It's definitely a head and a heart situation, yeah. you know. I was lucky Dean's parents adore him and they had him yeah. all weekend and I was getting regular updates and regular phone calls and FaceTimes and things like that. But, yeah, it's definitely – it's it's tough when you're away for that long. Yeah. And then sort of day three when he's starting to ask for mum and you're still out there racing, you do get that guilt. Yeah. But, you know, he'll look back on this and he'll be like, chit yeah, my mum was rad. She used to race, you know what I mean? So sure. it's cool. It's yeah. cool. You're on TV on Saturday. Really? Yeah. Why? On this Saturday or no, already Saturday. been? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, you're on, um, yeah, you're on Blokes World on Saturday, actually, because oh, they were down there filming it and I was watching just a couple of little clips go through and, um, yeah, you're on, the, you're on the coverage a little bit for, yeah, right. for that as well. So there you go. get that and you can see that in <laughs> how many years he wants to watch that. mum. So <laughs> tell me where it started for racing. Um, it was a slow burn for me. Um, my brother and my dad used to race and ride growing up and – Admittedly, you know, I sort of got on a bike, didn't really love it, didn't really do it, um, did gymnastics for about eight years yep. um, competitively. 
Um, and then it sort of came time where I'd had an injury, not through racing or anything. It was just on a um, slip and slide at Crafton Ski Lodge. Um, and I'd broke my wrist and did it pretty badly. And um, I sort of fell out of um, the stage of competing that I'd wanted to do and that I'd worked towards in gymnastics and that sort of frustrated me a little bit so it came time for my brother to step up to seniors and my dad sort of said to me radio get your stuff we're going down to the track and you're going to learn how to ride so in it was a love from there we had a really good bunch of a few of the girls same situation their brothers were stepping up to seniors and they yep. were sort of stepping into the 85s and we had about four of us and it was a really cool crew and it just kind of stemmed from there just one day at a time, yep. basically. Now, uh, Coffs Harbour, Grafton Local, that sort of thing growing up, is that yep. correct the whole yep. time? Coffs Harbour Local, yeah. What was it like being a kid growing up in that area? Because everyone uh, at the moment wants to move to Coffs Harbour. It's yeah. been such a popular place over the last decade. What was it like growing up as a kid down there? It was cool. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, just, you know, you had so much riding opportunity close by. For us up here, it's kind of like... You know, your closest track might be an hour away or an hour and a half. Yep. Um, for us down there, especially my husband growing up, him um, the ability for him to just get on a bike and leave his backyard, go a couple of kilometres down the road and be in the best state forest in Australia, like it, that was pretty surreal. So yep. I didn't so much get into the bush riding, but just having the two tracks there and my dad being sort of president of the club and that sort of thing down there gave me an ability to do a lot of riding yep. um, in comparison to up here for sure. And was it was it talent from the start or was it a lot of hard work? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, there was, yeah, my dad has this one really good picture of me on an 85 flipping off the grid. Wow. <laughs> and I don't think my starts have improved much from then. <laughs> um, it's a lot of hard work. It was a yeah. lot of grit, a um, lot of accidents, a lot of injuries, most of them on a on a posty bike, not a 450, but, um, yeah, mm. it definitely wasn't a natural thing. It was um, progression and sticking at it, I think, for sure. What was one of the big memories of, of being a kid racing bikes? Um, biggest memory would be um, not so much dirt track, which is where we are now, sort of where we've landed. It would more be motocross. My brother um, used to race the five-way series, it was called back then, and it was sort of Ballina, Port Macquarie, Grafton, Coffs, Kyogle, Inverell. There was an array of different wow. tracks. It was just camping, camping yep. with the families. Like it's such a family-orientated sport and that was what I fell in love with. Yeah. It's pretty cool, hey? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a – and those locations – you know, you've got some good people amongst all those different uh, different parts of the world too, you know, to camp with and be part of. Yeah. Good yeah. tracks. They are good tracks. Did you ever <laughs> did you ever ride, um, obviously you didn't do Ballina Dirt Track, but did you ever do Ballina Motocross? Like did you have a go there or anything? Um, not Ballina from no. memory. No, no, I didn't really do too much motocross. Yep. Um, those jumps get in the way of good riding, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Jumps are not for me. I'm a land, yeah, yeah. land to keep me on the ground. I'm not <laughs> interested in the jumps. Um, my brother, by the time he sort of stepped into seniors, his seniors was pretty short and brief just with injuries and things like yep. that. Um, so by the time he sort of jumped into seniors and we were starting to do um, a bit of motocross, yep. it was cut pretty short. And for me, dirt track was just my interest. Yeah. Um, and my comfortable, I guess. Um, I was better at it, so I preferred it. Um, and that was just sort of where it went. Wow. What a story. That's a, uh, yeah, because it, it goes so fast too, doesn't it? Like mm. from those first few times now to sit here after all these years and 
race something like Bathurst Long Track the other week and things like that. It goes quick, eh? Yeah. To think that I started in, what, 2009? Like, yep. that's a long time ago. Yeah, it goes really fast. What was yep. the bikes back then? What were you riding? Um, I was on a KDM 85 for a, quite a brief moment. Yep. Um, I then went to a Honda CRF 250. It was an absolute lemon. I think Dad had that thing in the workshop more than it was written. Um, I then was passed the most horrific bike I'd ever ridden in my racing career, and that was Dad's Husky TE310. It was a road-registered bike, and it was just... You could imagine trying to throw that thing around on a dirt track. It was like chaos. (laughs) It would have been crazy. Yeah, so um, I can still remember the first time... Or first time I saw Dean at a racetrack, my hubby, um, he came over and said, can I do a few things to your bike? Because this ain't pretty. Like, yep. this isn't going to end well. And he's like, you're trying to ride the wheels off this thing and it's just going to toss you to the curb. Like, so he made a few adjustments. But, yeah, it wasn't long after that that I actually purchased his um, 250 off him yep. and went to Honda and then, yeah, went went from there. What did the TE310 teach you? <laughs> Don't take that on the track. No. Yeah. Did, um, did, did, do you remember teaching you anything or anything yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah, it definitely taught me a lot of things. Um, it taught me a lot of throttle control because obviously it was a lot bigger than any bike yep. that I'd ridden previously. Um, and it just taught me a lot about the importance of bike setup because the mm. difference that you can make in a few small changes on a bike that was definitely not suited to that kind of track yep. and then going to a bike that is more suited to that kind of track, yep. seeing the difference was, like, incredible. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. And I, I was obviously took my EXE down to Coffs earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So it is the modern TE. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's yeah. an enduro version of the bikes. And yeah. um, I had Jared say Andrew say, mate, you gotta, we've got to change a few things. And... I wasn't riding it faster by any means, but gee, it made it a lot more usable to yeah, ride, rideable. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but going from coughs and then going up into the mountains riding it, like it's said for, for an enduro, it wouldn't have been any good at that. Not any good, but it wouldn't have been as good doing that yeah. afterwards. Really yeah. cool, hey? Like, everything's purpose-built for a reason, yeah. you know? Um, it's not just to sell you more bikes. There's actually a reason why there's a yeah. FS, FE, you know, in the Husqvarna range or whatever. So it's pretty cool. It is cool. What's the, um, what was the 50? What was wrong with the 50? Or what was wrong with the, the CRF, sorry? The CRF? The CRF. I, don't, I don't know. It just, it just no was a lemon. It no just, we just had one bike. Yeah. <laughs> and we, it, it didn't deter us from Hondas or anything like that. We stuck with Hondas for a very long time before switching to KDM. Yep. Um, it just, it was an 08 Honda 250 and it just was a lemon. Just yep. everything about it. We'd rebuild it, get a couple of hours out of it, it'd blow again, you know. I uh, don't know what it was, but it just went all the time. Wow, that's a shame. <laughs> they, were, they were a great shape too. Yeah. Like, that was a real cool shape. And I know for the 450 version, that was the one that people... Oh, absolutely. Want, still now. Still you know, now. Because the Carby one. You, talk, nice to, you talk to Mick Booth. <laughs> really? <laughs> He'll tell you. He's yep. 08. <laughs> it's the bike. It was the bike. Yeah, absolutely. The 09, everyone's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. steer away from that one a little bit but um, 08 CRF 450 in that, that era yep. was the bike to have yep. for a long time that's cool definitely now did your dad get his 310 back or did you have to ride that forever and then <laughs> oh, I don't like it I'm going to sell it or what happened there no, no. Um, <laughs> dad gave me the, the 310 because he hated it so he went and bought himself an EXC yeah. and I think he kind of realised like this is sending her backwards so he helped me 
uh, purchased Dino's bike. Yep. And then the the 310 was on its way. It went to a new owner and I'm sure they loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. <laughs> it didn't suit the purpose. What's <laughs> no. the... Um, now, you're saying about Dean. Dean's your husband, mm-hmm. which you've said a fair few times here. <laughs> you met him back then, right? Yeah. Did you guys, were you friends back then or did he just come up randomly and say, can I help you fix your bike? <laughs> what happened then? Um, we met on a night out through a mutual friend. Right. Um, and just met out as you do in coughs. There wasn't really much to do. You go out of town yep. when you're 18. Um, and when I saw him at the track that day that he was asking to change a few things, that was the first time that I'd seen him outside of like that situation. So um, I didn't realise at the time that he was really into dirt track. I didn't know who he was. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just saw him there and he helped out and then it was kind of just went from there, I guess. That's funny how that works, eh? Yeah. Because I was like, is it the first chance encounter that it's like, oh, I've got to go and help your suspension <laughs> or say you already met sort of thing. Where was the place to go in Coss of a night time? What was, what was Coss um, Harbour like of a night time when she turned 18? Oh, back when I was 18, it was the Coffs Hotel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it sort of switched between the Coffs and the Plano. The Coffs was the place to be and then yep. it shuffled to the Plano and I couldn't tell you where it is now. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's crazy. We, we used to do a bit of um, dirt track and they had supermoto on that in mm-hmm. Coffs and Sounds funny now, but that um, ex services club place yeah. used to be the place <laughs> to, to go. go off. Yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> like, and this is like uh, early two thousands. You yeah, know that right. big big place, yeah. the bowls and that. Yeah, it was the place to go at that time. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's live band at the um, uh, the Hoi Moe. Yeah, right. And that was okay. Hoi Moe is great for like a Sunday sesh. Fantastic yeah, spot. Great. Uh, and then yeah, the Coffs Ex Services or whatever it's called was the place to go of a Saturday night when you're down there or Sunday yeah, right. or whatever. So, yeah, a <laughs> little bit of cost trivia for you. <laughs> what about, um, okay, so tell me about racing. Were you in costs mostly or did you start to get out of that landscape or uh, um, once dirt tracks started to kick in, what did you do? Yeah, so coughs would have started, um, yeah, I guess around 2009. Uh, met Dean in 2011. Yep. Um, that was sort of when we started taking things a little bit more seriously in racing um my dad didn't know anything about suspension bike setup it was just kind of like however it came from the shop was how you rode a bike so um my big turning point in my career would have been when I met Dean because he was sort of that person for me that knew about bike setup and that sort of thing so um I think it would have been 20 I'm really not good with dates but probably like 20 13, we had these two girls, um, the Sipple sisters, come yep. over from Tamworth. And to be quite honest, growing up, I just thought that this dirt track was stumbled upon. They had vacant land and they just cut in a track. I didn't realise that it was an actual discipline or a thing. Um, so for me, I was just kind of in my coughs bubble. Um, and then these girls came over from Tamworth and they had their fancy Australian Kevlars on and I was like, wow, like these chicks look legit and um, went out and I was absolutely shitting myself and I went out and um, I ended up beating them and they came over and they were chatting and they were like, where are you from? What have you done? Like you're obviously, you've been doing this for years and it was kind of then that there was, you know, this opportunity and opened up that this is something bigger than just this small coughs track. So it was sort of from there where we got together a little bit of a crew and um, we had us, the Bullens, the Hearse, and we just started travelling. And coughs, honestly, is the best location for dirt track. Like 
between Tari, Kempsey, Gunnada Oil Tracks and then Tamworth, um, Newcastle and Brizzy is sort of right in the centre and we had this like hub of so many tracks. It was pretty cool. So there was uh, probably a good six years that there wasn't many weekends that we weren't racing. That's so damn cool, eh? Yeah. I kind of just went from there. I'm <laughs> just travelling and travelling and travelling. Yeah. I think one year, I'm not really sure what year, uh, it would have been maybe 2015, yep. we did like 30 week or 26 weeks straight yep. and then had four weeks off and then went like another 15 weeks like of racing. So that's a lot of dollars spent. That was before we had a house and kids. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that sort of changes things. Tell me this. Do you, do you remember uh, entering races previously to, to riding it? Yeah. Like you had to post your sub regs in yeah. or bank yeah. check and that? Yeah. Well, I, got, I know everyone just about riding it now, right? But, gee, it's got easy. Yeah. You used Entries your, used to cut off and you'd panic and think, shit, did my yeah. post all make it? Absolutely. You're like constantly checking, oh, registered mail. Yeah. I've got to yeah. get a bank check because it was always bank check. Yeah. Because uh, you wouldn't want to hand out the card. <laughs> like, now, now everything's just so easy. Yeah. So that's weird, isn't it? Because I was thinking that's to myself, weird. I'm thinking, if you're racing 30 meetings a year in 2014, you're... You're just at the post office every oh, week. Oh, licking stamps yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> just send it express. <laughs> it's one of those, I wonder how many people think of that, though, like, um, yeah, about that type of thing. Probably not many. Nah, because <laughs> it, was, it was such a full-on time. Like, yeah, I remember just the suffragettes would come out and you'd mm. just be, read it so detailed. Yeah. Now it's like, yeah. you know. I don't even own a printer. I mean, no. <laughs> you used to have to print them out, yeah. sign them, yeah. send them. Yeah. And then it made it a bit easier when the scanning. You could scan mm. them and send them back. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I always remember having to go to the bank check, the post office to get the bank yeah. check and that. And I didn't really think too much about that. It's torture. <laughs> <laughs> torture. Times have changed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so what tracks? Yeah, obviously you said about all those tracks, but what are some of the good ones and fond memories and some things like that? Um, God, fond memories. Um, one of them would have to be Tari. Tari, for me, um, winning the last Troy Bales Classic was epic. Like yeah. that that event, <clears throat> having a full grid of females always, because that was sort of our condition of being able to enter was, yep. or being able to hold the class was having a full grid, which makes sense. You know, it's a prestigious event. Um, just the night racing that you could do. Yep. Um, yeah, that for me was cool. And then probably... Coffs by far layout-wise is my favourite track just because it's probably one of the only tracks in Australia that has a traditional right-hander. Like mm. it's not just sort of like a boop-in, boop-out kind of situation. It's like a full-blown right-hander, yeah. which you probably don't really see often. Um, so that would be the best layout. And then atmosphere, I'd probably say Brizzy. Like the atmosphere at Brizzy and yeah. the number of riders and that sort of thing when we first came up to Brizzy was pretty cool. I think... To look at it and to add on to that, as a club club, Brizzy. Yeah. It's just it's such a good group, of, like big group of members. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it as like a full club, the facilities, the people, the it's a good atmosphere. Yeah. You know, you sit up there and watch a race. It's a fantastic place to be. Yeah. 2019, Bayless Classic, that was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, 2019 or 2017, maybe. I think it might have been 17. 17, was it? Yeah. I think. I don't Again, know. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, can't, I can't quite remember. I know it's a long, long time ago yeah. now. Um, tell me about that event. Tell me yeah. about Toy Bowers Classic. Um, what happens? You, you enter? Enter? You speak to Troy to enter? Like, who, who is organising? 
like you said to me about the full grid of girls to get it because I know like say a Bathurst event or something, yep. you're all talking to each other to try and yep. make sure it's a full grid. Was it like that at that time, do you think? Um, starting out, um, I never knew about oil. I didn't, you know, um, the Bayless Classic was the first event that I tried oil and I tried it on my good friend Georgia Murray's Kawasaki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, first and last time I'll ride a Kawasaki. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't my thing. <laughs> um, Can I? Sorry, I got in and out. No, you're right. Hewan, if you're listening. <laughs> I know, he so, loves them too. Oh, yeah. no, I wrote, a, I, wrote a, I wrote a KX500 the other day, loved it. I oh, take you it back. Did I too. take it back. I take it back. Yeah, but those KDXs and that, they're just horrendous. Sorry, yeah. Hewan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that event was the first event I did. And at the time, I think Jess Shepard was the female organising that. She was sort of the female. Um, she was from Brizzy taking the lead on yep. numbers and always pushing to get girls and draw girls into the sport. Um, she fell out of the sport, um, not really sure when, but when that sort of happened and that transition, I was the one sort of... 15, 16, 17, organising the girls' grid for the Bayless, which is not an easy task, trying to yep. coordinate 12 women and bikes and borrow and beg and steal. Like, it's tough. But we got there every year. Every year we were on that on that grid, so that's the main thing. What a um, – not what a show, but somewhat what a show that was for Dirt Track, eh? Yeah. It was fantastic. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Just the crowds that they would draw and, like, the interest and passion and, yep. like – there wasn't many events like that where, you know, you could turn up and have that sort of presence and, like, the pits, it was euphoric, like running around and you're pitted beside the likes of, you know, Christopher Mullen yeah. and Kirkness and Richards and, like, there was some really insane names there. Yeah. Like, and you were just like everyone else. I think that's. I think that was one of the secret recipes to the the event. Was that it was you know there was you know familiar and then you had all the Americans that came across as yeah. well. Um, but it was like just people were just everyone was just there to go racing bikes and yeah. um, you know the most passionate is Troy. Yeah. Like, the one that wants to win it as well. That's Troy, and he you know just built this really good foundation with his crew and. Put on a mad event. Mm. That, that team put on a yeah, I, yeah, hard to beat that event. Like yeah. even like you look at your, you know, MotoGPs and some of the other uh, you know good events we have in Australia. Like the feel of that one and the crowd and everything. Tell you what, it's pretty hard to pass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so when you first rode on oil, was that the first year of the Bayless Classic? You, yeah, that was the first time I rode on oil. I don't know. Oh, it probably so wasn't the first year there, of yeah, Bayless. Yeah. Never ridden on oil? No, never. Okay, that's a weird feeling. What was it like? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was opening, like an eye-opener, going from being really competitive in dirt track and then jumping on oil and just having absolutely no idea what to do. Yep. I think I finished like 10th out of 12. Like it, it wow. was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm guessing 17s at that time as well? Yeah, 17, 17. 17, 17 yep. yeah. That's the only thing that I really loved was the 1717, like oh, really? the height of the bike. It felt like I could wrangle it a bit more. Yeah. Um, that was the cool thing about it. Yeah. And for me now, um, after like riding, oiling, getting experience, I actually kind of preference it over dirt, to be really? honest. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Just it's love not getting roosted. <laughs> it's good for your bikes too. Yeah. You know, like you, you're not getting powder, uh, sandblasted <laughs> yeah. every time, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And that roost. 
Like, yeah. it's brutal. That roost, in the, especially in the boys' 450s, like, draws blood. Really? Yeah. We went to Bathurst one year and I'd, like, split over my face, the end of my nose. Like, it is brutal. At the speed of Bathurst, right, what... <clears throat> Like, yeah, the roost must be crazy when you're mm. behind someone, hey? Mm-hmm. Like more than obviously you get it, you know, final corner at North Brizzy or something like that, you get a fair bit. Yeah. But someone like Bathurst where you're going for a long time down a straight behind, it must be pretty brutal, yeah? Yeah. It's like a wall, honestly. Like if you, like Bathurst just recently, if you got in someone's roost, yep. it was honestly, like you could physically feel the bike slow down. Like that's how strong really? the roost is. Yeah. Like you... you you want to get out of it really quickly because it yep. it's not fun. So there's no idea of wanting to slipstream. I just want to get out of this yeah. damn thing. Yep. Yeah. And it is like you almost like cross into the roost line and you're like, ah, like get out yep. of that real quick. Like try to cross through it to make sure that you're not sitting behind it. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. Because it was fast, eh? Mm. Like genuinely fast. We'll, we'll, yep. we'll get to Bathurst and Long Track. So deco, like decomposed granite or gravel, whatever mm-hmm. you're going to call it. That was the primary thing growing up though from yep. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the best one of those tracks? Was it Coffs because of yeah. that right hand? It was. Yeah. I don't mean to be biased. I mean, it is my home track. But, yeah, absolutely. It's best open layout. Yep. Open layout, yeah. Do, do, you, do you know um, Dean Webster? Do you know the name? No. He, he was up here. We went to roll racing the other night. He's a friend of mine I grew up with. So uh, Dean, Jess Shepard and I all grew up in Ballina. Oh, in there you go. In so you kids, know Jess All the same. Well. We went to school together, the three of us, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and he, was, he took his kids down on Sunday to the RPA day at Coffs and we're talking about it. And he didn't really realise it was a junior much. Mm-hmm. And I'd only ridden that track in January. And we're talking about how hard that right-hand corner is that you just said how <laughs> yeah. good it is because it, it's just, it is something so foreign, you mm-hmm. know, um, but it's so good, eh? Yeah. Because it's got that real weird <clears throat> feel that you come into and then it just throws you wide mm-hmm. to set you into that next yeah. sort of thing. It's a nice feel, that track. And Coffs does really separate a lot of riders because, like, you go to the mm. likes of, say, Curry Curry or North Brizzy, yep. there really isn't. It's kind of like a scoot in, scoot out situation. It's yep. not really a turn as such. Yes. So when you go to Coffs, it's, everyone's a bit like, oh, what do I do with this? <laughs> I'm so used to turning right. <laughs> so when you get that right-hand corner, mm-hmm. are you breaking at all or are you trying to go sideways as possible out of the other one to set yourself into the right or...? Trying to go deep into the right-hander to set yourself up to be on the outside, outside. for that next turn to then, yep. like, scoot in, yeah. It's weird because it gives you that feel that it wants to push you out. Yeah the wrong spot yep. for that next turn, hey? Yeah. And if you don't head in deep enough into yep. that right turn yep. and you, like, sort of scoot along the inside of the track, then you're sitting on the wrong side for the entry of the next corner. That's right. So and it's very much that. so like a flow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool track. Cool track for a flow, like a flow track where mm. you've got to try and link it all up. Yeah. Do you ever get coaching? Did you ever get any coaching throughout the years or anything like that? Um, not really, no. Um, I'd say my biggest coach was probably, as we got more competitive, um, probably Andrew and, and Dean. I mean, yep. as much as, you know, yep. he sort of helped me through a lot. Um, I didn't really have a coach or invest in coaching. It's probably something that hindsight I should have. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'd say they were sort of my biggest influences. Um, growing up... I always tried to not be scared of the boys um, and always try to race with the boys. And I think for any women out there um, starting out, like it seems daunting and scary, but 
they're more in control than most of the females that you'll race anyway. So to go and race with them um, gives you a lot of skills that you probably won't get if you just stick with the girls. I feel like the girls can sort of get to a point and then they become stagnant, whereas the boys are forever evolving and getting faster and faster. So for me, um, when I first started out, we used to race. um, They would combine the women's class with the like pre-1980 bikes or whatever they are. Um, So Phil Crow was a massive influence for me. He used to come screaming and yahooing and hooting down the track on the inside, outside and everywhere in between with me. And it was one of the things that if I hadn't have had that at the beginning of my racing, I probably wouldn't have got as far as I did because that sort of gave me racecrafting gave me like the no fear kind of situation of having people around me and not being worried about it and just being able to do my own thing. So that was cool. And, I mean, it did help that I was on a modern bike and I would always get the whole shot. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd have to chase me down. He'd have to work for it as well. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. it was one of the questions I was going to ask is where, where your racecrafts developed from and Phil's obviously a big big part yeah. of that. And yeah. um, it's a huge thing to have someone sort of sitting on your back guard or then in front of you and that it's a big it's a big thing isn't it like yeah. to, and just have them just sitting there and pushing you along yeah. and I guess getting that awareness that just because they're there doesn't mean they're going to hit you yeah that's a, and that's a weird thing when you don't race or anything you go for a, say an enduro ride and someone's sitting on your back guard you're like what are they doing yeah. like it's like you're driving your car at that point you know yeah. so um, yeah so Phil big influence yeah yeah yep. massive big at the Coffs Club hey yeah yep. yeah He's been involved in it for so, so long, sort of in and out, in and out, but, yeah, a long time. Yeah. yeah. And um, what about, like, like uh, you know, the setup and that? That all come from Dean pretty much. Yeah, mostly. Dean and yeah. yourself just yeah. working, chipping away at it. Yeah. Do you feel you've got a good setup now? Uh, yeah. So um, previously it was kind of invest in the engine. Uh, now in these last sort of few years it's been let's invest in setup let's invest in suspension we've finally after so many years um lowered my bike 50 mil yeah um moto lab got us sorted out with some suspension and it's been phenomenal like i can't believe the difference that it's made with the bike and just confidence for me being a shorter rider um having that ability to get my steel shoe down and do that sort of thing like that's been massive i wish we invested in suspension sooner so you'd never had it shorter no, the whole time? never had it lowered. Yep. It's made that much of a difference? Yep. Yep. Wow. Mm. That's, yeah. <laughs> who, who would have thought, like, I, I know suspension is everything, but, you know, yep. 50 mil, um, that's a that's a long, yep. that's a long drop too, you know. Yeah. So. And that's just tried and testing and, yep. yeah, we lowered it. I think we lowered it about 30 mil to start off with and then we were like, oh, let's go that little bit further and just see. Because obviously they are built and designed the way that they are. Yep with, you know, everything in mind. Um, so once you lower and you're changing things, it does change the dynamic of the yeah. bike. So there is a fine line between going too far or not, but the 50 mil seems to work for us. Because you look at any of the Euro flat track bikes or anything, they're all low, mm. like they're all strung out, like quite long, yeah. um, but load out, like really low, you know. Mm. So um, obviously it works on what they're doing. Yeah. So and that's interesting. Now, the Bayless, we'll go back to the Bayless Classic a little mm-hmm. bit more. You did three, there was three years of that? Yeah. So the first year you get 10th. 
Yep. Did you do much oil in between? Did you yeah. ride Georges that the first year was the Georges? Yeah, the first year I did yep. on Georges, yep. Okay. Um, yep, went and bought a set of rims. I'm pretty sure we sourced a set of secondhand rims that night for my Honda. Oh, no, really? <laughs> so it was like, all right, we're going we're going deep. Yep. Like this is, this this is, is cool. Yep. Yep. Um, and it was just, it was more ride time. It was another track close by. Like Kempsey's only, you know, an hour from Coffs, yep. Tari, an hour and a half. Gunnedah is a bit further, but... Um, it was just more riding for yeah. us. Um, yeah, so we sourced a set of rims that night. Um, and, yeah, we were off to the track wow. <laughs> not long after that. Yeah. Well, once once you've opened the eyes up to oil track, mm-hmm. like you, you obviously love Coffs as a track, but what's the oil track that you go to and go, wow, that's – is it Gunnedah? Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people say that, hey. Gunnedah's cool. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Kempsey track layout on a good day where the track is prepped and there's no braking bumps. Yep. Absolutely any day I'd take Kempsey. But Gunnedah just seems to be the track that is more smooth yep. more frequently. Just such a good surface, yeah. well prepped and everything. Yeah. Because coming down into Kempsey in that sort of first corner, the breaking bumps and that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. yeah, they do. They yeah. get pretty savage. Which it should do too. There's all that group <laughs> yeah. going downhill and yeah. everyone's breaking it. It makes sense. But, yeah. Uh, and oil, are you better like a – has that gotten better and better and better refined? Or um, after that first time, did it just click – no, no, no. Oil oil I always found tough because I'm not um, I'm not a great gator. Okay. So for me it was kind of like the chase uh, is tougher because yeah. it's more one-lined and I'm not an aggressive rider. So for me I couldn't just throw it in and yeah. punt someone and get underneath them and that just wasn't me. So I was a bit more like I'd tiptoe around it for a few laps and – being such a short race, um, yeah. sort of like four or five laps, it's, yeah. Um, whereas dirt, there was just a lot more opportunity um, yep. racing line-wise to overtake and manoeuvre. Um, so oil was a bit of a challenge for me at the start. Yeah. Um, it sort of then became a preference. Um, I just feel like I was more of a smoother rider. Yep. So um, the oil track suited me a little bit more than the dirt. Yeah. Let's talk throttle control. Mm. How does that come? Massive. Yeah, how do you, how do you get to that? Um, just practice. Yeah. Practice, practice. Um, I mean, the 250, as much as I sort of jumped off that pretty quickly, yeah. um, you had to learn it on a 450. <laughs> like yeah. going from the 250 yep. where you, you could just do whatever you wanted whenever you wanted and nothing really happened. Yep. And then jumping onto a 450 where you've got all that power you know, sort of at your fingertips was a big adjustment. Yes. Yeah, um, so jump. you did learn pretty quick about throttle control. Because the bike weights now are pretty damn close. Yeah. There ain't much in that. Not it's really. It's just a whole lot more horsepower. Yeah. So, yeah. So it had to come, just had to build up. Yeah. Because it, it is, it seems to be the thing that separates every single rider so much as the throttle way. Hey? Yeah. You know. Throttle control and, I mean, like corner speed, like the yeah. ability to come in harder and yeah. get on the gas earlier, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the throttle control comes with the fact that if you can come harder into a turn and maintain more speed, you're not cracking on the throttle as much on the way out. Yeah. So you're not getting that sort of whiskey throttle situation. So it's kind of trying to piece that whole thing together for a smooth smooth turn it's it's such a weird it's such a weird game because it's a game like really it's 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 some sort of game and it's such a weird game when i i was talking to harry about it about coughs in particular Mm -hmm. and there's a few 
like you as a group of fast riders there that last corner coming on how like how much I don't know tr- and I was saying to Harry was the trust in that front end yeah I just don't see how you get to that point of having so much trust on oil I get it because there's grip yeah tra- traditionally through the way but you're just like I don't know um in a car, you call it understeering. Yeah. Because you're going across the track, but you're still in control. Yeah. And then the throttle's getting picked up and you're driving out. But being able to be it on, watch it on track and be behind it, I'm like, I just don't see how that yeah. works. Yeah. Like, I get it, but it's unbelievable. Yeah. Trust. Mm. I mean, that's where the steel shoe comes in handy. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. So that steel shoe, I mean, essentially it becomes a third wheel. So when you're tipping it in and the front's giving way, yep. that steel shoe is like, that's what you're relying on there. So that steel shoe's like, that shoe is helping you so much. Yeah, helping you keep that front end up, like was, helping you from tucking that front end for sure. Was that a game changer when you went to that? Um, it wasn't until we lowered the bike because to be honest, I had a steel shoe just for looks for a while. I so don't think it really touch? touched the ground much, no. Damn, yeah. <laughs> so, so you honestly, you were yeah. like, I had trouble touching and yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. I still use blocks with 50 mil lowered and a whole shot button. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can just tiptoe, yeah. but it's like slightly off balance. And if I take off slightly off balance, you know what happens when you get out of the gate, you're going to instantly go to whatever side you're leaning sure. on. Yeah. So for us, it's just safer to have the two blocks there. But yeah, two blocks button in and I'm still, yeah. Yeah. So quite short, quite vertically challenged. You would have had some fantastic, like crazy rides when you were younger, like going through, trying to piece this all together, mm. like all these foundation blocks. Mm. I'm guessing you've gone left, you've gone right. <laughs> I reckon there's been some crazy times coming out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of photos out there. Wow. <laughs> where I've looked at and gone, what on earth? Even now, still to this day. Um, what don't you like about your riding now? Um... I don't know. I don't know, maybe like responsibilities. I feel like I can often be a really reserved, quite, I don't know, stick within my limits. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I wish I didn't have that, but, yeah. you know, comes with age. Yeah. <laughs> responsibilities come with age. Ain't that the truth. Yeah. I just like the one thing that I'd love to refine would definitely be my starts. I feel like when you're riding a four lap race, that start is a solid. Yeah. 60, 70% of the ride. Yep. You know, if you can get that whole shot, damn, it makes it a lot easier. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll skip ahead and we'll, we'll come back, but we'll talk about starts. We'll go to Bathurst, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're at Bathurst. <laughs> Some of the starts. That yeah, yeah. I'm guessing you're talking about things like that, hey? Yeah. Like where you've really got to work. Mm. On a track like that where there is a few different <clears throat> lines, it's possible to work it back and it's such a long track. I guess yeah. it gives you time to work it back, but... Gee, that that must be hard, yeah. Mm. You must fume when. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell tell us about Bathurst Long Track. <laughs> tell us about the day. Tell us about the weekend. <sighs> what what goes on in a weekend like that? It's one, probably one of the bigger events on the calendar, really. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, it's it's one of those events. It technically means nothing in the sense of it's not a New South Wales title, it's not a Queensland yep. title, it's not an Aussie title, but it is like the biggest event on the calendar like it is sick like i love bathurst if i could race bathurst every day of the week i'd I'd be there i love it that track is awesome um just you won't get that kind of speed anywhere else um and for me i think that's probably the most competitive i've been in the women's and men's 
at Bathurst. So I guess that's maybe why I enjoy it so much. Yeah, you were. What, what did it end up being in the, in the 450 men's? In um, Pro 450? Where? I got a fourth, fourth, sixth, and a fifth, and I think that put me in like 25th out of 80 men. Eight people or something. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. It's pretty cool. Like women don't often make the repercharge yeah. against that many men, and I was one of the only women to make the repercharge, so that was that was cool. And you look at the Pro 450 lineup. Yeah, like it's a who's who of yeah. Australian motorcycle racing. Yeah, it was good. Mm. So, and your race as well. Obviously, the women's race was some damn good racing in that. Yeah. So I was blown away. There were so many people that came up after the event and were yeah. just like, the women's have stepped it up, and you know, like. The women's were dicing just as much, if not more, than the For men's, sure. which was cool. It was cool. Mm. Tell us about your event. Tell us about how it starts. Like, you change your bike, obviously. You're not running the same gearing that you're running anywhere else. No. So you start, you change your bike a bit. Yep. So gearing um, has changed a lot. Yep. Um, we sort of started out with what we thought was right, and then we ended up going um, a different way. Yep. Um, we geared it originally to take off in third. Um, so basically just third, fourth, that's it. Wow. So you want to be able to gear the bike to have no gear changes because obviously clutch engagement is not momentum. So yep. um, for us, we wanted to gear the bike for fourth. We yep. started out going from third to fifth. Um, fifth didn't get me through the turns as much as we wanted. Yep. Um, and as the track um, sort of got slicker, it was easier in fourth. Uh, so we sort of went an opposite way with gearing. Um we took a turn or two off the spring, um, which just sort of helped. Obviously, with the tighter tracks like Brisbane, you want to put turns on the spring so that you can slide through the corner. Yep. Whereas Bathurst, you don't want any sliding. You want a two-wheel track because you, the corners are so big. Yeah. You don't need to be drifting as such or yep. sliding. You just want to be two-wheeling through. So that was one of the biggest things I think that helped us, which I don't think a lot of the riders mastered because my bike, like I could just get drive everywhere, every part that's of that great. track I had drive. It was really cool. Yeah. That's great, isn't it? Mm. Like good work. Like that's, you know. It just goes to show like bike setup. Yeah. 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 So like one of our, one of the guys that we um, know from Coffs, he was struggling with bike setup and you could see that because I went past him and that's not something that would ever normally happen. Is like right? he's never yep. behind me. Yep. And I went past him and Dean sort of did a few things on his bike and it changed it. But, yeah, it just goes to show, like, if you don't have the bike set up, you can't have the pace. That's not going to be there. Yeah. So you get there on Friday. Mm-hmm. You see the track. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be pretty fast, everything like that. You get to ride Friday, hey? Yep. So we did practice. I think we did about three sessions of practice on the Friday. Bike feel good straight away? No. Like, made a couple of changes, tried to work out the gearing um, oh, so that was all Friday. That was so. all Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday morning we made the final gearing change because yeah. there wasn't really enough time um, between sessions and with the sessions being so quick to try yeah. to work out the track. Um, and then again, like our first session, the track was drenched. Second track and second session, the track was almost dry. So trying to work yeah. out, like, is that gearing just not working at the moment because it's wet? Like, yeah. is it going to work in the dry? Um, yeah. Pretty cool event. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, traditionally at any other track, are you a second gear starter? Yeah. So this is goes to third, just riding the clutch out or like, because you'd have it geared pretty high. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, just riding the clutch out. But third didn't work for me. Just like we, 
we sort of realised, sort of gave it a go first race, gave it a go second race, persevered third race. By the fourth race, I just sort of said to my partner, like, what have I got to lose? Like, at yeah. this point, I can't get much worse. Like, I was getting out of the gate mid-pack at best. Right. Um, and then playing the catch-up and having to make some pretty ballsy moves in the first turn to make sure that I came out sort of top three because if yeah. you're not at top three in that first turn it makes for a pretty hard yeah. time to catch the lead yeah. um so that fourth race we dropped back to second gear starts and that was one of my better starts um but again it still wasn't great um and then by the final race I think that was my best start and I popped out in second or third yep um but yeah it was it was good tell me about <laughs> overtaking on a track like that looks like you got multiple different decisions you can make. Yeah. 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 The corners are so wide, but I feel like because the corner is so wide, yeah. being right out on the fence, it looks great, but it's not fast. It's not the fast way around because the, the track is so wide that you're really not making up any time sitting out on the fence. Because um, the distance? Yeah. Just the distance Sheer is distance. so yeah. much longer. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, distance from the outside of the fence to the inside would be, like, 60 metres, I reckon, nearly. Yep. That's how big the track is. Um, so I feel like, for me, I just tried to stay really low, although it might not have looked spectacular and I wasn't sliding out and it wasn't roost flying everywhere, but it was definitely the fastest way around the track and it showed throughout the day, yep. able to make passes when the other girls were sort of sitting up towards the fence and I was underneath and able to get good drive. Tell us about the final. <laughs> I knew you were coming up to this. Well, I've got um, it. It's the final. <laughs> you don't start at the final. <laughs> um, Sorry. <laughs> so throughout the day I had sort of um, mixed results. Yep. Um, first, seconds, thirds, um, and it sort of came down to the final race. I don't normally – my mum is usually the score counter lady. She sits there and she's got all the points written down and she knows yep. who's got to get what to get what position overall. And I just kind of get on a ride because the more I think about that, the worse it gets for me. Okay, yep. Um, and I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought, oh, yeah, we're going into the final. I'm in a good place for second position. Like, yep. cool. And my last words I said to everyone in the pit tent before I left was, like, I just want to get a win under my belt for this last one because I know I can. Like, the whole day I was consumed by nerves. I was vomiting race one. Like, it just – it was sort of our first big away – like, big event away from my little boy and um, first big event – Back, I guess, in the sense where we'd sort of sunk some time into things. And the previous year for me, um, I went without Dean and I um, hadn't been on the bike. It was my first race back. My, I had issue after issue. I had no clutch, all sorts of problems. I ended up third. Yeah. So I was just like, I just want to improve year on year sort of thing. And went into the last race and I just said to everyone, I just want to win this one just because then I'll know that I can. I can yeah. do it kind of thing. And I went out there, start was okay, um, got around Brioni, Brioni got back around me, I got back around her and Taylor had checked out. She was 20 metres ahead or so. Anyways, I've come around last lap, last turn, 
and I just gave it everything I had and I got around Taylor and I was so stoked that I just completely had the biggest brain fart. Like yeah. it's a weird concept. Like Bathurst, any other normal long track where you start is where you finish. Yeah. So the takeoff line is the finish line, whereas Bathurst, there was a finish line sort of a little bit further and then there was a transponder line even further than that. I mean, no excuse on my part. We were told in writer's briefing I should have known, but I think excitement just took over and little blip of the throttle a bit early and Taylor got back past me. So I sort of came into the pit area and I thought to myself, oh, you know, in my mind I know and it's okay and everyone's face said it all. I just lost it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realise and I hadn't point counted and that was for count back first place for Bathurst and I lost it. <laughs> i tell you what though, like I, I know I messaged you and I spoke to Dean that night and I was like, like it was one of the best races. Yeah. It was a great race. It was good. Like a fantastic mm. race. And you did cross the line first, yeah. realistically. Like, you know, yeah. you did the right thing. In the like, eyes of a, a lot of people. You crossed the line first and <laughs> yeah. it, oh, it's brutal. Oh, my heart sunk. She went back past me with the number one finger and I'm sitting there thinking. Oh, really? What? I'm like. Taylor did. Yeah, Taylor oh, went God. past with the number one finger and I thought, hang on a minute. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking. Surely I didn't. And then when I watched back the um, live stream, I'm like, shit, I really let off early. And I mean, yeah, it happens. Oh, it happens. It is what it is. I know what I had and I know what I bring that weekend and yep. I don't need a trophy to yep. tell me otherwise. So I'm fine with that. You're riding fantastic. Like, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Uh, it, was, it was an exciting race and you crossed – the first line first <laughs> so, but yeah. you, you did and like everyone on the fence at that time because because taylor did have that 20 meters or whatever it was six yeah. seven bike lengths or whatever i thought yeah. okay that's the position but when when you're uh, spectating there and you've obviously watched races there you can't tell who's actually coming out of the corner first no it's, it's really inside deceiving. outside is real deceiving mm. and i think it is because that width of the track yeah it, it's very hard to see and then all of a sudden you come up the straights like wow, this is unreal. Like you, And then um, I didn't even know, right? And yeah. then Dean came out uh, later that night and um, he's like, oh, that happened. I'm like, oh, no, that's brutal. It can be yeah. a brutal sport in the nicest possible way. Yeah. You know, like that's uh, – it's a tough sport sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you humble. You going back next year? Um, yeah, I mean – I'd like to say yes, but we just need to see what yep. happens with this knee and everything yep. like that. Just need to start getting things better. So since then, obviously, um, and you're riding really, really well. Like you're riding different bikes. You rode that KX500. <laughs> um, you've had an incident. Mm -hmm. And this was like a nothing, hey? Yeah. Like to me, it was it was a simple high side and it was a silly mistake. I got too far out on the fence in a bit of the bull dust and tucked the front in practice of all things. Just Club day? Yep, just yep. club day, just moseying around. Um, it was a decent high side. Um, I got up, I felt winded more than anything. I had a sore hip, sore knee, sore ankle, but, you know, it's just one of those things you assess yourself and you're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I got back on the bike, remounted and raced the rest of the day. I sort of sat out on some of the boys' races, missed the first girls' race just because we needed to straighten the bike out. Yep. Um, raced the rest of the day, went home. Um, I knew it, that something wasn't 100%, but I didn't, like, I, I still to this day, if I didn't have that medical, you know, list of injuries in front of me, I would sort of say, you're kidding. Yep. Um, 
on the Tuesday, I got up off the couch and just had a bit of instability in my knee. Um, and I thought to myself, I better go and get this checked out. And um, turned out that I ruptured my ACL, um, fractured my fem- uh, fractured my tibia, and broke my shoulder blade in two places. So. <laughs> I wonder if asking you can walk list. up the stairs here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're not supposed to be like so mobile. Mm. This is the story, you know. Like you're not supposed to be like you walked up here today. How you going? Yeah. You know, shake hands. It's like normal. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. feel. I feel like because I've had, you know, I've had two knee reconstructions now. This would be the third if we choose to get surgery. Um, I think I'm a little bit immune to knee yeah. pain and. I don't know. I think when you've dealt with it for so yep. long, it's just like, it's just another day. What were your other two knee recos from? Um, Posty GP, unfortunately, has had its fair share of injuries for me. The first year we did it, I broke my tib and fib and I had a rod put in my tib. I dislocated my shoulder and broke my shoulder blade as well. Um, so I was in a wheelchair for oh, about 16 weeks. That was just before we moved up to the Gold Coast. So... Um, a funny story, Apply, <laughs> applying for jobs and I'm like, how on earth am I going to get a job? I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. And it just so happened that this job at LSKD popped up and I'm like, wow, they're a motorbike brand. Like surely if anyone's going to understand me rocking up on crutches or in a wheelchair, it's them. Yep. And um, Jason, the founder, as soon as he found out what had happened to me, he had a good old giggle and yeah, I got the job. So that was good. <laughs> so that was the start of that relationship with working at yeah, LSKD? Yeah, yeah. So That's pretty cool. moved up here and, yeah, it wasn't in a good way and they yeah. took me on. He knew the risk. He knew yep. what that meant moving forward and he sort of helped out with my racing and, yeah, understood all the injuries and accidents. But, yeah, so that was first post-EGP. And Can I stop you there? Yeah. Who did you team up with the first year? Um, first year we were the first women's team. I teamed up with Eilish Ross, yep. who you might know from road racing. Yep. Um, she's... Um, from down south. So we teamed up and we were the first female, all-female team. Um, we just missed out on the finals. I think you had to finish top 10. We finished 11th. Um, and it was in the consolation race that I had injured myself. So oh, it was no. a guy that I'd already gotten past twice, yep. a lapper. Um, don't know whether he spotted the pink helmet and decided to give it a try, but he tried to duck back underneath me and just completely speared me off the bike. And, yeah, yeah that was the tib and fib and the shoulder blade gone. So, yeah, that was a long road to recovery. So we um, spent about eight months off the bike, got the rod out, yep. uh, went back, first race back. We raced the 2015 New South Wales titles and I won it. That was huge for me because I did not, it was not even in the realm of possibility for me. I didn't think wow. after having that much time off that I could come back and be competitive. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. Where was that at? That was at Tamworth. Yeah, cool. Yep. Oakburn Park. Yep. yep. What a great reward after, mm. well, it's, it's, it's like, a, you know, it is a reward for sitting around for 16 weeks or 20 weeks by that point and torture yeah you know sitting there watching everyone else race yeah. to come back and do that must be like okay i can do this again i'm ready yeah yeah, yeah. eight months of recovery i think it might have even sort of uh, made me a bit keener i guess yeah, um right. time off yep um yeah it was really cool because to me i turned up with no no intentions or you know I, ju- I just didn't think it was achievable a podium and to come yep. and get the win was cool yeah it's unreal second year post gp yeah, so I don't like being defeated. I decided I'd go back and do it again. Awesome. Get back on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Get back on the horse and the second year ended 
almost like the first. Um, came off and, yeah, did my ACL. So didn't leave in the ambulance, luckily. It was just kind of like a we knew something had happened. We'd get off and go and get it checked out when we got back up here. Um, but, yeah, did my ACL. So that was my first ACL surgery. Um, and then pretty much 12 months to the date. So that was a bigger um, a bigger kind of rehab. Mm. We spent 12 months off the bike. I did one event in between, which was a Gemma Wilson um, ride day. And oh, that really? was so cool. Yeah. Yep, up at so, No, just at QMP. QMP one. Yep. Yeah, cool. So that was my first ride back. Um, just a bit of fun yep. and had a girls weekend. And then it was only like two weeks after that, which would have been exactly 12 months to the date of my surgery. I jumped on an electric skateboard and um, hit a drain on the road and came off and ruptured it again. <laughs> oh, are you serious? Yeah. So ruptured it again. Um, I didn't even. I didn't even cry. I just. I literally got up off the skateboard and just sat on the curb. And my partner came back and he said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "I've done my knee." And he goes, "You haven't." And I said, "No, I've done my knee." And he goes, "Are you serious?" And I got back on the skateboard, rode back to the house, sat on the couch, and I just burst into tears because I knew, I knew what I was in for. I knew the twelve months recovery. Yeah. I knew I was back off the bike. You know, all this time that I'd spent rehabbing it and waiting and doing everything right. Amy. Yeah. That's on brutal. an electric skateboard, yeah. Oh, that is <laughs> that is like the worst nightmare you I've go through. I've never been that back program. on one since. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> or a posty bike. <laughs> no, no, or a posty bike. I'm like three times a charm. I'm I'm not that stupid. <laughs> yeah, tell you what, those posties seem to get through life pretty well. Yeah, it's just as soon as you try and race the things, it gets a bit difficult. They're hey? just not designed to do it. <laughs> do what you're doing and it seems weird because like I've been on a 450 for so long now and yeah like realistically this is the biggest injury that I've had on a 450 mm -hmm. my, my recent crash um so to do it on a postie at like a quarter of the speed it just yep. seems so strange um they're just not designed to be raced the way that you're trying to race them like you're jumping curbs and gutters there's speed humps on the track there's culverts like there's potholes yep. it's just it's you're a, scraping pegs it's chaos it's like, our 110cc version of the island man literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the gutters it's and everything nuts. it's nuts wow it <laughs> must be fun though yeah it yeah. looks so fun yeah yeah it is it Take is a cool event bad part away that you've had but it looks so good yeah it's a cool event that is that that second one though, that is that mm. is the most brutal thing to have happen yeah. after, especially the program that goes on when you do an ACL. Mm. You know, it's it's not the nicest thing. And no. um, what, what what's the conversation with your your doctor like? Um, is it the same doctor? Do you have the same? Do you get like a frequent flyers? Like hey, <laughs> hey, uh, whatever it is, like uh, what, what goes on? Almost. Um, the first two were the same surgeon. Yep. Uh, the last one, I was actually recommended by a good friend of ours, Luke Reardon, to go and see um, Dr. Tudor, and um, he had a completely different approach. Yeah, right. So for me, I went into this one thinking to myself, like, this is it. We're getting another ACL Rico, and I know what's ahead of me with a two-year-old. I was stewing. I'm like, this is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, and I walked in, and he was sort of in shock that I was walking, and he's like, okay, well, this is a start, and he sort of do a squat, do this, do that. And he sort of said, look, you know, I'd be more inclined to just not touch it for now. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something that may have, like it, it may have to be 
reconstructed later yep. on down the track if I do continue to get instability. But for now, it was kind of just like, let's take the approach of rehab and, and strength and yep. see where we can go from here. So for me, that was kind of like a get out of jail free card to yeah. keep doing what we do and, um, yeah, not have to do the full 12 months of rehab straight yeah. up. So you're telling me like an ACL is like a spleen. Yeah. It's in the body just as a spare. Not needed. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't play a huge part. <laughs> wow. No, that, that's that's such a nice feeling though to have that where you're not yeah. having to go back through through surgery because I'm guessing because they usually take something from another part of your body yeah. or something. Yeah. Like you've had it a couple of times Hamstring. now. Hamstring. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was my next thing. He was like... We sort of talked about all options and then it yep. was like, okay, Amy, we're getting to a point now where we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, I don't oh, know geez. what we're going to take next. You know, like once you've taken two hamstring grafts, yep. I've had one from either side, um, it's starting to get to other other things. Yep. So it's kind of like, yeah. And for me, returning to racing, like it's inevitable. It's something that's in my blood. It's something that... Even if it's not now and it's not in five years, I can't say to myself for the rest of my life that I wouldn't get back on a bike. So the risk is still there. Yep. Um, my little dude's pretty obsessed with bikes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I think in a few years, I'll probably be following him around and the risk is still there. Whilst ever you're on a bike and the risk of dabbing your knee and re-rupturing it again yep. is pretty high. So um, to not have to worry about it for now was yep. a better option for me because if it is getting to the point where I'd have to get donor um, ACL graft, it starts to become a lot harder. Um, so if I was to kind of get it replaced again and then rupture it, there's even less options. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and at this time, it's telling, isn't it? Yeah. Like he's running around like crazy doing yeah. everything. You, you, you have on. 12 months of immobility taken mm -hmm. away from that. It's, it's more than that too? Um, yeah. You do get mobility back reasonably quick, but it's definitely not a pretty 12 months, like yeah. the pain and stuff like that and the extensive rehab yep. is quite a lot. Yeah. So mm. you want to be able to run around, do all the things yeah. and obviously ride still. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's such a such a tricky one. Do you, do you ever wear knee braces? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wear knee braces and the still. The whole time? Yeah. Yep. Still yeah. rupture them. Because <laughs> uh, that's been one of the arguments that's gone on forever and ever as well, you mm. know. But uh, like, yeah. It, I yeah. think at the speed that we're going you can't do much you can't, no physics like, or physics you can brace things yep. and stuff like that but that's all a preventative it's not yep. a cure it's mm. it's not going to completely stop things and i also do feel that with knee braces or neck braces and things like that there's impact that then happens in other areas for sure yeah especially neck braces like how many times do you see people break collarbones shoulder blades yep. you know because of wherever the pressure of the neck brace is yep. if it's not the neck it's somewhere else you know so I've always worn knee braces. Yep. In saying that, though, the post-EGP, the first time we did the ACL, um, there was no knee braces because there's leathers. leathers. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the skateboard, there was no knee brace. <laughs> this was the first time that I had the knee brace on yep. and ruptured it. And, again, I didn't really think that there was anything wrong. I got back yep. up and continued the whole day. So, for me, yep. it was a bit of a shock. Oh, it's yeah, it's a tough one. It's mm. a really, really tough one. Tell me about being, you know, women in motorcycle racing. Mm -hmm. 14 years you've done this now. Take a couple of injury and some things like that. But 14 years. What's changed? You're getting some great grids at races. 
Some races are not as much. Some yeah. races are much. What, what, how's, it, how's it going? Um, in my years of racing, I must admit not much has changed. Really? Sadly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of women that float in and float out for various yep. different reasons, whether that be, you know, the interest was there because they were with a partner and then they're not with that partner and they don't have that um, bike knowledge yep. to be able to continue to do it on their own. Um, pregnancies, yep. kids, children, families, um, life. responsibilities, life, yep. Yep. injuries. I, I feel like the women um, are a lot less likely to come back after injury. There's a, quite a few that we've had good riders that have had injuries and then decided to not come back. Yep. They've been deterred after that. Um, so there's, yeah, there's been a lot of floating in and floating out. There's been a lot of women in my time that I've seen come in and, and go and new faces and that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of changes to the sport, not many. In yep. terms of equality, not much. Not much has changed, unfortunately. Um, it's a topic that I don't really like to discuss just because it's very head and heart for me. Like I like to, obviously in my, in my heart, I think we deserve to be paid the same as men in the sense of we put the same prep work in, we have the same risk um, and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I'm very much so in my head about the fact that the grid for women's compared to men's is very different. You know, we might have six to 12 women, the men have 40 plus. So for me, it's kind of like, I get it. But it's, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Mm. I mean, at Bathurst, Bathurst was one for me that really sucked because there was only two, um, two classes on the program that had two sponsors against them. One was the men's 19 class that got paid like 1600 bucks for the win and the other was the women's. We got paid the same as the juniors. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we had a full grid and yeah. we put on a hell of a show. It was a great show. So that yeah. that sucked, that stung a little, but yeah. we'll get there. There's a long way to go. I don't know if the right word for is advocate, but I, I know like in our conversations, you're, you're very passionate about trying to get people into dirt track no matter the gender, you mm -hmm. just want people to come in a dirt track, right? Yeah. But um, you're obviously doing the videos. You had the video with Risky Co. Mm -hmm. You had some things like that. Are they they're good platforms to grow at? Hey, like yeah. Obviously, it's um, just a matter of people getting to stick around and enjoy the sport. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there is there a golden way to do it? Do you think is it coming from a kid and just having it so entrenched that you stay there as a kid and come through? Or is it, I don't know, is it the boyfriend coming to the track like you said and the the partner stay? How, how do you get people to stick in that sport? I think um, longevity with the women's is definitely like coming from a junior and progressing through. I think you're going to get someone more inclined to stay because of the passion behind it because they've done it for so long. Yep. I think one of the big barriers that we have with dirt track um, and women is the fact that most of the girls that do come and try it have started from somewhere, whether that be motocross or yep. enduro. Um, anyone coming from motocross, it's highly unlikely that a woman would have a 450. So mm. when they do come across, they're on a lower capacity bike. Yeah. Um, 
all the girls that have done dirt track for a long time are all on 450s because it's a pro open class. So to be competitive, you you need to be on a 450. Yeah. So I feel like the girls that come over from motocross, they come in, they dabble in it. If they're not getting immediate results, it's kind of like, mm, okay, I'll go back to what I was doing. And yeah. the plunge isn't made to go and get the 450 unless they absolutely love it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like a big barrier that we have at the moment. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That, that really is true because most, most, most general um, riders will go to the two hundred and fifty for motocross anyway. Yeah, you know, like because it, it is, it's it's one of those sports that you can do with that. Like four hundred and fifty be better, you know, obviously for certain people, but yeah, it is yeah. the it is the choice, you know. I mean, if I was riding motocross, there's no way I'd have a four hundred and fifty. I flop off the back of that thing. And just jump straight <laughs> like, off it. <laughs> yeah, like so. Yeah. I understand. I understand from it. that point of view. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, to go to the 450, there's a lot of fear involved with the 450. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, is it too big? Is it too... Yeah. It's time. And it is a lot. Time. Like, I must admit, when when we started uh, for the first two seasons that we were racing competitively and doing yep. titles, I had a 250. Yeah. And um, I loved my 250. It taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, but I had to, had to make the plunge because if you can't beat them, join them. Like, I didn't have the pace yep. they did. Imagine heading to a track like Bathurst on a 250 against a 450. You'd destroy it. Yeah. yeah. It would be pointless. Be slow. Yeah. So I had to make that plunge. And yeah. the only reason I did that was just sheer passion. Like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to race dirt track. I didn't have any interest in motocross. So for me it was a no-brainer. Yep. That's the bike I want. That's what I'm going to get. Yep. So having uh, Emma, Shelby, April mm-hmm. coming out and doing that, was it good fun? That was cool. It, it was cool. really cool. And it was awesome for me because it's been such a long time since being able to completely introduce someone to dirt track that hasn't necessarily had a background in it yep. to watch them fall in love with it. Yep. That was cool. Yeah. Like it just, it brought me back to grassroots of like why I fell in love with it, that fun. Yep. Um, just sort of brought me back down a peg, I guess, from racer to just having fun with girls. That I was think, cool. I think that's that's what dirt track gives. Mm. It gives that, it's just so fun and I... Like I bang on about it all the time. I think it's one of the best sports that I think it's probably the best motorcycle sport that there is. You know, it's yeah. so so easy to get into. For mm-hmm. one thing, um, you're not parking here and riding away from your vehicle into the bush for five hours. Yeah, your car, everything's there. Medical assistance is there if you you know what I mean. It's yeah. just such a such an easy like pathway to get into. Yeah. There's no jumps getting in the way of good corners um, or good straight, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, they seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and just the, the ease of just going there. Like, yeah. Club like North Brizzy, it's very simple. April yeah. was blown away. Like she was saying to me, oh, I don't have the right bike for it. And I'm like, what do you mean? You have a... You have a KDM two fifty. Like, what do you what do you do? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, No, I don't have the right bike. I'm like, That's all you need. I'll get you a rim, which you don't have to have. You can still get a 19 inch For trials sure. tire. Yeah. Um, but I sourced them an 18 inch rim and just used my second hand, like our second hand tires that we had laying around and. Yep. Yeah, she was blown away. She was like, oh, I, for some reason I just thought that you had to have a different bike or a specific bike. I think that's yeah. – I don't know whether – maybe there is a lot of women out there that don't realise that the setup that they have is more than enough that's to right. just come and try it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, I think too, um, I mean, even – for April and Shelby, like for them, it was like, oh, I can't race. Like that's scary. And I'm like, it's it's no different to yep. what you're doing on a practice day. You're still riding around with the same girls. It's still the yep. same bunch. It's, you know, 
Um, so there's that barrier of like riding and racing too, I mm. think, that a lot of women get a bit a bit scared of. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's all the same to me. I've been doing it for so long. I, I think that's and, – and that's that's my exact opinion as well and I think it is because I've known that since a kid. I, I, like I think, oh, it's just it's the same people. The only thing different is you all start off your clutch at a gate yeah. at the same time. But usually, like at a practice day or whatever, it's yeah. You're still using the clutch. You're still getting out of the gate. Yeah. Um, it, it's just that barrier. It's a real barrier, and I don't know if it's education. Like you know, we have RPA days where we can educate now. We have all these things. It's like there's like this little thing they need to do because. It's not just um, it's not just women as well. Like I've had mates over the years that have come from motocross. And they're like, oh, I don't have a bike for it. I'm like, I'll get your tire. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you can get a 19 inch tire. Like I, off the shelf. You don't have to do <laughs> anything. It's so easy. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, I don't have the bike for it, and it's education. I think yeah. it comes down to that, and just wanting to listen as well and mm. be educated. But. Um, Great job sourcing all that wheels and stuff. Oh, thank you. It was a killer. It was so good. It was such a fun day. Yeah. It was good. It was cool. Now and it was good for like the, the YouTube and that sort of thing to get that exposure. That was cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they do such a good job with it. And I think, like I know on Emma's behalf, because I talked to Emma a bit, I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah. Like genuinely. She's and, hooked. And <laughs> she's, fast. She's hook, line and sinker. And she's, fast. she's signing up for the titles. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. I come yeah. home from that day and I, I said to I said to Crystal and um, and Ferg here, I said, Emma was because Emma rides the Harleys at, yeah. for a gasoline alley in Harley Australia. I dust hustle that. I'm like, she was great. Yeah. Like really good too. Like um I hope I hope Emma she's continues shredding. to race. So. She'll give me a hurry up soon. <laughs> when when can you race? Like, what, 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 um, what, what's the go? Yeah, I don't, don't, know. don't really know. How long's a piece of string? <laughs> I don't really know. Um, it's a good answer. I mean, the surgeon has sort of advised that, I mean, he, he knows the reality of it. He deals yeah. with enough riders to know that if he says six months, we're going to get on in three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so for him, he was kind of like, um, see when you're comfortable. Yeah. He sort of said around the three to six month mark, he'd be happy. Yep. Um, however, I guess it's what I'm able-bodied to do and how much effort I put into the rehab now side of things. So um, working with physio sort of two to three times a week at the moment, we'll back that off slowly and swimming and cycling. Yep. Um, and once we can get some strength back in the knee, that's, I guess, when we'll make the plunge and jump back on. Yep. Now, earlier in the year, we were talking about uh, Aussie Flight Track Nationals, mm -hmm. which you got a wee bit of involvement in. Mm -hmm. You want to do that? Yeah. You want to try and – that's still – Pending everything. Yeah. That would be Pending a, everything. a goal. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to get some girls on the grid and yeah. do something there. I'm really excited for it this year. Obviously, we've got uh, six rounds over three weekends. Um, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I feel like it's a good thing for the sport. It's the way that we need to start moving. Yeah. Like it's affordability <laughs> at this yeah. point in time. A rear tyre costing about 320 to 350 retail is stinging everyone's wallets. So I feel like controlled tyres, getting onto something like that, yep. and I feel like it's the way forward for the sport. How many did you go through at Bathurst? Uh, Bathurst being a long track, yep. you only use one edge at a time. So yep. we kind of alternated. Uh, we had two rims there, and yep. Dino just changed them, used one side, flipped it for the next race, used the other side, flipped it. I've got a new tyre. Yeah. Obviously, for a big open meeting, you would do that. For a club day, you would just run the same tire. For but sure. even then, a club day, you could 
literally fry a tire in one club day. Three hundred twenty bucks. Three hundred twenty bucks. Yep. And this is the argument with the nineteens. You get through a whole. A you could get you could get through a good chunk of chunk. the race season. Yeah, for sure. Especially us women, like yep. you know, um, and not only dollar value at the moment the fact that you can't get them yeah. <laughs> like like if you've got yeah. some in your shed like lock them up yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's like gold bullion hey? literally everyone's yeah. coming for them <laughs> yeah it's 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 insane and um yeah it's good but i had to ride trials right now because if you're a trials rider yeah. you can't get a tire so, yeah or well, you can but you can't get a certain brand and you'd be spewing having to pay <laughs> although i hope they last for them because they certainly don't sure. for us surely, surely surely they're getting a whole season out of one of those things What's been a good day in dirt track? What's been um, one of the most rewarding days for you? Most rewarding day, I'd say, like recently, would be Bathurst. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just think, like, I don't know, like overcoming so many injuries and coming back so many times and having what I think was probably the most talented lineup for quite some time. You know, you've yep. got current Australian um, and previous Australian title holders there um, to be able to go out and do what I did um, really surprised me you know like I came into that thinking oh you know I might get a podium at best like Brooke made me look silly the year before like she was a mile away and to come out and be in contention and all but win it yeah that was that was huge and yeah and that was the first year that i had dean down there so for him to see it and for us to work together as a team at an event like that and for me to be able to achieve what i achieved for him too that was awesome mate you guys seem like such a good team you know some days yeah well (laughs) days at the track seem all right and and it does it just uh in in a way of a welcoming team and and it's not just just dean and yourself talon it's 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 the community that you surround with it's a good it's a good group of people yeah you know and uh i got to coughs and you know travel by myself did my own thing and oh come grab a seat come do that like just yeah welcoming community and um it's nice to be around that's one thing that i fell in love with that dirt track there's no separation you know most club days at brizzy i pit beside jared brook like he's the biggest in australia and for you know for friends of ours that are motocross riders they've come and watched and said are you allowed to just pit beside him? And I'm like, yeah, everyone is. Like, you're welcome. Chuck a yeah. tent beside him. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's there's no no one's better than anyone else. And that's what we fell in love with. Yep. Because, you know, um, coming from a little bit of motocross, not too much, but a little bit where you see, like, you know, they've got their big RVs and everyone's so spread out and yep. the challenge is to not talk to anyone, to then turn around and come to Dirt Track where, you know, as Dean says, set up, then socialise. I'm really bad for socializing i'm off on a tangent (laughs) he's setting the whole bike up so sorry um but to to be able to go to that where you literally talk to every girl on the grid and and have good friendships i mean yeah it's it's pretty cool i think dean set me up for failure in february or something too (laughs) why so you know um do you remember the movie happy gilmore yes there's a thing about the 19th hole. Come meet us on the 19th hole for a drink. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> so we did the half yes. day at North Brizzy. He's like, yep, after this, come have a beer with us. It'll be great. After the, <laughs> the nudgy or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And I walk in and there's like about six people that have been sitting in the same pub since 1970. <laughs> like, and they're looking at me and I'm hot and red and sweaty, sweaty from dirt track. I'm like... 
can't see the trailers around. I can't see a van. There's no bikes out the front. I've been 19. All I can think of was Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I remember getting in the car and we're on the way home. It's we're so all, hot. We're all on the way home and we're like, shit. We didn't tell Mick we're not going to the pub. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I rang you and you're like, yeah, I'm here. Where are you guys? <laughs> yeah, like, I've been 19 old from Happy Gilmore for sure. This is yeah. a good prank. But uh, I know it wasn't, but uh, <laughs> I thought that was well done. <laughs> so, but um, very cool. Yeah. What's going on? What else is happening? How, how's juggling? How's juggling professional life? Having a, being a mum. How's juggling working LSKD? Trying to race bikes. How's how's the juggle? That's one thing I want to ask too. Juggle. It is certainly a juggle. Yeah. Um, working and being a mum and trying to do a competitive sport like we do. Yep. Is tough yep. for sure. Um, I feel like just having a good support network is probably the biggest thing. I mean, we don't have my parents or Dean's parents close by, mm. so we kind of do rely on a lot of faces at the track. Um, it's a very big, like, oh, shit, I'm going out to the grid quick. You're looking around, like, who can I, yep. you know, holler over to help out? Um, and everyone's so willing to do that. So yep. um, that's the secret, I guess, is having a good support network for us has been probably the key. Yep. Yeah. Who's been the biggest helper over the years? Obviously, there's a few. You can't put it down to one. Like, obviously, Dad played a big part at the start. Yeah. Gave you that TE that was torture. Uh, <laughs> but who, who's been the, who's been that, that you know? Obviously, um, met Dean pretty early, obviously, into the racing thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's a few faces <clears throat> in there. That's quite a lot, to be honest. Um, I mean, obviously... Dean would be the biggest person. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, and I guess it's that person that sometimes you don't want to listen to what Dean has to say. It's a bit like a dad figure. You're like, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. <laughs> like, wow. Yep. Whereas when it comes from someone else, you can't just sit there and say, well, I don't care what you think. You've got to absorb it yep. and reflect on it. I think that person for me has definitely been Andrew Brooke. Mm. Um, he played a massive part in like I guess shaping and teaching us a lot about bike setup and sort of instilling that bit of confidence because I feel like that's something that I've always lacked is like this confidence that I can do it. Yeah. Um, so I think having, you know, Dean and Andrew in my corner have probably been two massive influences for me of late. Yeah. Um, obviously in the beginning, the early days, yeah, dad was that person for me. But again, dad didn't really have a lot of idea about bike set up and things like that it yep. was kind of go to the track and he had such a big part to play in the club with um helping out on day to day and being the club president or running the canteen or whatever that often it was kind of like you get to the track and it's fend for yourself time wow so yep. as a kid growing up it was kind of like he might catch glimpses of my races but he wasn't necessarily that guy on the grid for me he wasn't yep. necessarily sweeping the gate he wasn't necessarily setting my blocks up Yep. It was kind of in the early days you had to do that yourself and then when <sighs> Dean came along, that was that help for me. Yep. So I do genuinely believe if it weren't for Dean, I probably would have fell out of the sport. Wow. Um, just all the injuries and all the things and, and not having that help and consistency and that person that had so much knowledge at their fingertips, maybe things wouldn't have went as well for me. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Nice way to end it. Mm. It's been cool. Thank you for um, 
Thank you for making your time to come in. No, thank you so much. It's um, it's been interesting listening to the, the different places. I'm, I'm sure we've crossed paths in many different tracks and things over the yeah. years and um, obviously the Bayless Classics and things like that. And mm. um, I'm really excited to see what you do, you know, when you do come back on the bike because, yeah. you know, leading up to where you are now with the injury, it was real good. Like, mm. it was a real good time. Um, so I'm excited to see where that comes and, you know, the years of being, you know, mum and dad and yeah. yourself, <laughs> it's really cool. And, uh, yeah, no more pranks on me when we come on the track. <laughs> <laughs> we will get that pub feed one day. It'll be great. But, um, no, nah, thank you for coming in, hey? No, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already, and uh, we'll be back with another show soon.